Well, can we welcome you, one and all, to our midweek prayer meeting and Bible study. We're going to commence by turning to hymn number 523. Work for the night is coming, work through the morning hours. Work while the dew is sparkling, work mid springing flowers. Work when the day grows brighter, under the glowing sun. Work for the night is coming, when man's work is done. to have one of our church deacons with us, Philip Coldwood, and we're going to ask Philip if he'll come and lead us to the throne of grace in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks once again tonight for another opportunity to come and to meet in thy house. Thank you, Lord, for the hour of prayer. Thank you for a time where we can come and meet with the one who hears and answers prayer according to your own will. Thank you for the hymn I've just sang. We pray, Lord, that even through the challenge of the chorus, that will work hard for thee, for the night is coming and man can work no more. Lord, we pray for our service tonight. Pray for Chris as he comes and speaks to us. Thank you for the work that he's involved in. Thank you for the many lives that he has touched. And we just pray, Lord, as he works 
Day by day, Lord, you'll give them help and you'll give them strength. And you'll give them uh, help from thee, especially, as he tells men and women of their need of a saviour. Lord, we pray, Lord, for our church family tonight. Thank you for everyone who has gathered. Thank you for giving us journey and mercies. We thank you for all those who are listening in on the internet. We pray, Lord, tonight, wherever our audience may be, that you'll uh, speak to them and you'll bless them and you'll challenge them. And even as a result of tonight's meeting, we'll all say it was good to be here, for here we met with the Lord. Lord, we're asking all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, Philip. Can we turn to our second hymn, hymn number 54? Great God of wonders, all thy ways, worthy of thyself divine, but the fairer glories of thy grace beyond thine other wonders shine, who is a pardoning God like thee, who has grace so rich and free.
can we bid you one and all a warm and a friendly word of welcome to our midweek service uh, today. I want to give a, a special word of welcome to the speaker this evening, our good friend and brother Chris Killen. Uh, Chris is a, a home missionary here, uh, dealing with a, a very, very difficult work, perhaps one of the most difficult works within our denomination, working amongst those who are addicted to drugs. And so we're looking forward to our brother sharing with us the, the work that he's involved in, what the Lord's been doing and how the Lord has been blessing. Please remember the school ministry that continues for Friday of this week. Our brother Greg Gibson is going out to Colcrow School and so please remember our brother in prayer. On Friday we have the Youth Fellowship at 8pm and then on Saturday is an open day of prayer for the Christian schools. Uh, the preachers there are the Reverend Daniel Henderson and also the Reverend Brian McClung. Those sessions will take place from 2pm through to 4pm is the afternoon session and 10.30 to 1.15 is the morning session. Please remember the early morning time of prayer. We commence the Lord's Day at 8am when God's people gather at the throne of grace in prayer and please Come and join with us on that occasion. We have the Sabbath school at 10.30 a.m., the Bible class at 10.45, where we will continue with our studies on uh, Gideon, the mighty man of valor, as we look at some of the giants of the faith. The worship service will take place at 12 noon, and in the will of the Lord, the Reverend Park will be with us in order to bring us part two of Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And then the gospel service at 7 p.m., again in the will of the Lord, the Reverend Park will be with us. That gospel service preceded by a time of prayer at 6.30. Supper, of course, will be served after the evening meeting. Please remember on Tuesday, the 30th of January, Youth Challenge recommences here in the hall. Please pray for Andrew and his team as he re-engages with uh, the children and the young people from the area. Our next family night takes place on the Lord's Day, the 4th of February, 7pm. Dr. Nigel Campbell will be along on that occasion. Our brother is a uh, well-respected uh, elder within our presbytery. and Our brother will be along in order to share with us what the grace of God has done in his life as a Christian doctor. We have got this a slide to share with those who are on social media and so please make sure that you send that on to family and friends. The Ladies Fellowship takes place on Wednesday the 7th of February at 8pm. Singers will be the Hebron Ladies and the speaker on that occasion will be our dear sister Margaret Russell. Please remember to be much in prayer for this special service that's taking place at 7pm on uh, the 11th of February. It will be the ordination service of our brother Samuel Johnson, who will be ordained as a ruling elder on that occasion. And then please remember the, the Hebron Tots. They have uh, recommenced, and here's just some of the slides uh, that were uh, the children were 
engaged in this week and a few pictures here for you to see. We are delighted to have our brother Chris with us this evening. Uh, Chris is a, a dear friend of ours. We have known him for many years. Uh, he's involved, as we've said, in a very difficult, a very challenging work. A work that perhaps on occasion brings along many discouragements and perhaps many disappointments. Nonetheless, our, our brother has also witnessed those trophies of grace when God has moved even in the salvation of precious souls and has plucked sinners as brands from the burning. We love our brother in the Lord and we bid him welcome this evening. We're now going to ask if he'll come and share the work with us and also the word that the Lord has laid on his heart. Amen. I do want to thank our brother Phil Moffat very much for the words of welcome. It's good to renew fellowship with our brother and his dear wife. I said I'm sitting with your wife tonight. Uh, we, go back a long, we go back a long way and they've been a great encouragement to Linda and myself in the work of the Lord. And so have you as a church family. And I want to thank you sincerely in the Lord's name for all your prayers, your support. And when I think of the church here, I think of a church that's uh, not only a ascending church, but also a supplicating church and a church that serves the Lord. So thank you so much for all your support, your minister in his absence, for the, up the invitation to come and to bring God's word and to bring a missionary report. And I trust indeed that the Lord will challenge your heart. I hope you will be challenged. If you are not challenged tonight, then in a sense, I will look at look at that in a sense as a little bit of a failure in the sense that I want you to be challenged. I pray that God will challenge you. We need to be challenged. I never ever want to hear a missionary report, no matter who the missionary is, without being challenged. We need to be challenged. And I pray that the Lord will touch our hearts afresh and that the Lord will really burden our hearts more and more for his work, for his kingdom, for his glory. Let's turn in our Bibles, please, for a brief reading to the book of Galatians and the chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, going to read just some verses together. Now, for the sake of time, I'm just going to read a couple of verses, have clear instructions from the board in the sense of, or with, in relation to conducting deputation meetings and if I speak for half an hour and preach, which I'd love to do, then that will leave very little time for the missionary report. So I'm going to bring a brief word, and you'll understand that it is brief, uh, simply to allow time for the deputation report. Uh, I trust indeed that the Lord will challenge our hearts. God speaks through his word, and how we need to hear his voice. Galatians chapter 6, very well-known words, verse 9, and the words of verse 10. Verse 9 where we read, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Amen. With God's word open, let's just bow briefly and momentarily in prayer, please. Gracious God and loving Father in heaven, 
We thank thee tonight for thy precious word that from Genesis to Revelation always brings us to consider Christ. We want to thank thee for thy saving grace. Thank thee for keeping us all these years. We rejoice in thy so great salvation. And Lord, we thank thee tonight for the gift of thy Son, for eternal life through the precious shed blood. Lord, it is our desire that we would see Christ every time we open the book of God. We thank the Lord for the hymns that we have already been singing. Lord, help us to be busy, to be working. For Lord, the night cometh when no man can work. Lord, help us as we labor, as we work. Lord, as we toil to keep our eyes and our hearts fixed and focused upon the one who is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think upon the great God of wonders. Lord, thou art the God of grace, the God of all mercy. And Lord, we rejoice in thy goodness to us. We pray, Lord, challenge each heart afresh. Lord, melt my heart afresh. Lord, even tonight, as we consider missionary work afresh, O God, come and grant that each and every one of our hearts will be touched. O God, speak to our souls, we pray. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Very well-known well known verse there, verse Nine often used and employed with regards to missionary efforts and endeavors. The need to keep persevering, the need to keep going on. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. What a great encouragement to keep toiling, to keep persevering, to keep keeping on in the work of the Lord. And here in the chapter we read about the law of the harvest and those, those principles governing the, the law of the harvest, the, the sowing, the reaping, the very fact that we reap the same as we sow and after we always reap more. But what a great encouragement to know that even as we sow the seed, the good seed, the seed of the gospel, that the Lord has promised to bless the going forth of the old evangel. What a blessing that is. But tonight I want to just, for a few moments, as I mentioned, turn your focus to the words of verse 10. And here in verse 10 we read, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And I just want to speak briefly on the subject of the opportunity to do good. The opportunity to do good. First of all, there is a principle of doing good. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good. This principle of doing good is clearly set forth in God's precious word. Putting it very simply, salvation brings a change. When a person has come to faith in Christ, there is a dramatic transformation that takes place. All things are passed away. All things are become new. Salvation makes a difference. And therefore, uh, we would seek to serve the Lord and to labor for the Lord. Why? Because we love him. Now, we know that salvation is not brought about by our works, our, our efforts, by our merits. We know it's through faith alone and Christ alone. But salvation will always, without exception, always be followed with works in the sense that we will labor for the Lord and they will accompany that. We 
have often thought, haven't we, about how our lives are like an open Bible. Perhaps the only Bible some people will read this week, in fact, perhaps for many, is your life and mine. The question is, what part of the Bible are they reading? And I trust that we will be that witness to lost, perishing souls. The very fact that we're converted, it ought to affect our attitude, our actions, the very way we view missionary work and we view the work of God, the principle of doing good. There's also the pattern for doing good. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we read, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. There is no great, now we could turn to many examples in the word of God, but there's no greater example of doing good than Christ himself. The one who was engaged constantly, continually in that work of doing good. He came to fulfill the Father's will. And in doing good, healing the sick, causing the blind to see, feeding the hungry, he was of course fulfilling the will of his Father, the pattern we are to follow in the footsteps of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. The servant is not above his master. And therefore we ought to walk in our Savior's lovely footsteps. What about the people to whom we are to do good? Notice what it says here in verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Now here's a verse. And these words are very broad in its scope, aren't they? Doing good to all men. In other words... The child of God is to have a witness, a testimony to the world in which he lives. That we do good to all. That people know by our very words, our actions, our deeds, by our speech, that we are different. Cotton Mather was an influential Puritan minister of his day. He said the opportunity to do good imposes the obligation to do it. In other words, we are to fulfill that responsibility given to us, to our family, to our neighbors, to our friends, to all mankind, to be a witness to them who are without. But notice what it says here in the verse. When we think about the people to whom we are to do good, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially, now underline this, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. When we think about doing good, we are to bear in mind, especially the Lord's people, those who are the household of faith. That's the divine order. That's the emphasis that the Lord places upon this very fact. We are to think about the Lord's people and being a blessing to the Lord's people. That's because we're part of that redeemed body. In Matthew chapter 25, uh, you have the time when the Lord was speaking to his disciples, speaking to them about, you know, the, giving the cup of cold water and doing those things in, in his name. But he said, when you've done it unto the least of one of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. In other words, the way we treat each other, the Lord says, and this is a, a very serious thing, the way you and I treat each other, the Lord says, you're treating me that way. The way we deal with each other. In the ministry that God has called us to, I say us, I'm speaking about my wife, myself, ministry, ministering to those in addiction, we do give priority to Christians because the Bible gives priority. 
when it comes to uh, Christian families, young people brought up in Christian homes, and sadly, there were so many who fall in that category. We seek to really be a help and a comfort and a blessing, especially to those of like precious faith. What about the purpose of doing good? Can I say that the end purpose of doing good to all men, especially to the Lord's people, is not merely to perform a religious exercise, not just to fulfill our responsibilities and our duties, but it is with an eternal purpose in view that our lives would reflect the Savior and bring glory to God. I mean, that's what ought to motivate us. That's what ought to drive us forward in missionary work and Christian living. That all that we do is for his glory. We don't want to be seen. Oh, that Christ will be seen. And that God will be glorified. What about the priority to do do good? As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. We are given... All of us, we're given opportunities daily. The question is, what do we do with them? There are many opportunities that we're presented with in life. When we think of the opportunities for education, employment, and all communication, all those different areas, what are we doing with the opportunities? Do we seek for opportunities, for instance, to serve the Lord? Do we lay hold upon them? Do we seize them whenever we're given them? The reality is we have limited, limited opportunities. Life is short. And I suppose those of us who are in the category of being more senior, we would have to testify that life has passed by so quickly. I, I really wish that I had the strength, the zeal, the stamina of a young man to serve God. I really do. But the reality is I don't. And there are young people here and you've got such ability in the sense of physical stamina and strength to be able to be used to serve God. Limited opportunities, life-changing opportunities. Why? Because the message that we present, we proclaim, it is life-transforming. It's the power of God. It's the gospel that makes a difference. One day we will have our last opportunity. And only the Lord knows when that opportunity will be. And therefore we want to seek to serve the Lord whilst we can. Someone wisely said this, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. Let me repeat that again. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of an opportunity. In other words, we need to seize those opportunities now. But can I say, what a privilege, an absolute privilege, it is to do good. I'm sure, like myself, there are times when you, you feel almost overwhelmed. There are days, I must confess, when I'm out and I'm working with folk, and it's very challenging. It's, it's a very challenging ministry. And there are times when 
that could almost overwhelm you. Because you're constantly surrounded by death, by people living on the edge, very ill, making bad choices, heartbreak, pain, all that goes with it. Remember one day, my wife, myself, we had our, what I would call a very challenging day. We were really broken. With the folks that we've been working with. And I can tell you something that put everything into perspective for us. So I thought to myself, there are times when I think I'm having a bad day and a hard day. And I was thinking, we feel challenged and overwhelmed. But it's nothing in comparison to what these folks are going through. And to think that heaven is my home as if as I'm assured of heaven as if I'm already there. Heaven is my home. Christ is my king. He's my savior. I've sins forgiven. And here you are, Lord. You called me to speak a word for Christ. How humbling. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to serve the Lord. I trust that we will seek to use the opportunities that the Lord gives to us to serve him, to further the gospel, to make much of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to leave that word with you and I trust indeed that the Lord will really write it upon your heart and that we will do good to all men, especially, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I'm going to bring a missionary report and I trust indeed that it will be a challenge and a blessing to you. I've had the privilege of serving the Lord under our mission board for, I don't know how many years, but it's quite a number of years anyway, but it's been a real, as I say, a real privilege to serve the Lord in this uh, field of service. There have been many changes over the years. Sadly, a lot of the changes that have taken place in regards to our particular ministry, there are there are changes where things are just getting so much more difficult, challenging, where the folk that we work with, it really is uh, overwhelming at times. I suppose probably the, one of the, the greatest, the most challenging aspects of the fact is you work with folks and you never know if it's the last conversation you will have. Such is the reality of addiction, the life of an addict. I never want to come to the place where it doesn't affect me. I never want to be at the position where it's a matter of fact. It's part of the work, as it were. People die. happens all the time. It's been a real blessing, can I say, to, to serve the Lord despite the challenges, despite the heartache, and the many opportunities that the Lord has given to us, and we're getting new opportunities all the time. I'm going to mention some of those a little bit later on, but as you serve the Lord in your ministry here in the church and various aspects of the Lord's work, 
I trust that the Lord will bless you in your role, whether it's in Sunday school with children, youth, whatever it may be, giving out gospel tracts, open air, in the church body, whatever it may be, that the Lord will bless you as you seek to serve him. Now, part of the ministry that I really look forward to is holiday Bible clubs. Um, whilst I'm involved in the main addiction work, a number of years ago I stopped uh, taking children's meetings and doing children's missions and holiday Bible clubs, basically because I'm so busy with the work that I'm doing and I just felt it was just too much work. But I'm, I'm learning what it is to, to pace myself, um, as hard as that is at times. Uh, but I really look forward, so I started back to the children's work and I suppose in a way, I really, really love children's work. I really do. I suppose when you're around so much death and destruction 24-7, it's a delight to be with boys and girls. And there was one day in particular, driving to a meeting, and I was going to the holiday Bible club, it was a Thursday evening, and I was just talking to the Lord in the car, and I just said, Lord, how, how am I ever going to speak at this meeting tonight? What I've been dealing with, this has been really tough, tough today. I can't get these things out of my head. And when I, when I went into the meeting and started to listen to the children, now I had to hold it together. I was praying, Lord, help me to hold this together. I'm going to break down here. Because when I looked at their beautiful, smiling faces, hearing them singing the choruses, quoting the scriptures and memory verses, I can tell you, I went to minister to them, they ministered to me. And it was such a wonderful experience. As you listen to a little bit of the overview of addiction ministry, you labor with boys and girls, with children, with young people. I trust that this presentation tonight will really reaffirm to you the need, the desperate need to reach children. To get to them before they ever get to the stage of making the choices with regards to substances, with addiction and choices with regards to friends and all those other issues. That you'll have a great influence upon their lives. So I was, over the last year, I think I've done, it was four children's holiday Bible clubs of a, a number planned this year. And one of the occasions I had, it was in Macrafelt, I was able to collect the grandchildren and take them with me. What a blessing that was. We were doing, uh, with the theme about being on the farm and I absolutely loved it. Now, of course, whilst children's work continues and I'm doing the holiday Bible clubs, the vacation Bible clubs, whatever it is, uh, addiction ministry still continues. It doesn't stop. But it's lovely to have this, um, I call it like a, a, it's not a release valve, but it's just, it's just wonderful to be able to, to serve the Lord with the, with the children. By the way, please, whenever you pray for, and I, and I want to say thank you for praying for myself and my wife. But when you pray for us, please make the link between ourselves and our children's workers. Pray. And this is my prayer. Lord, please don't let the children that they minister to and that you minister to end up on my visitation list. It's a list you don't want to be on. I pray that, that will, the Lord will really undertake in a very special way. 
Recently, I've been extremely burdened for young people from Christian homes. Now, the nature of my work, it's very confidential, so I deal with matters on a one-to-one basis. And I can tell you it's heartbreaking. Young people raised in the gospel, reared in the free church. And tonight, some of them are on their very brink. Pray that God will really step in. We need the Lord to come and to bless our children's work and the work amongst the youth. This was a meeting I was taking. I love to speak to the young people. This was a meeting down in Belfast and uh, uh, be able to go to our, our youth fellowships to take the various meetings, etc. And it's always a great encouragement to do that. One of the youth meetings last year, the missions was in Portadown with the Reach and once again, just having the privilege of going, speaking to the young people, uh, witnessing to those in their early teens before they really start to make those choices with regards to friends and substances and all those issues. And school ministry is also an important aspect of our work. And uh, I don't actively go looking to go into schools. By that I mean, if I was to start going looking for more meetings I would be overwhelmed so I don't need to go looking so generally when a school contacts me I take it that's off the Lord and we'll work it in we'll work around it get them fitted in and be able to go and to speak and it's it's always such an encouragement to go into the classroom you have them for that 30 40 minutes wherever it may be and let me tell you, young people are very well schooled now when it comes to substances. can even be a shock at times. You know, some, I'll usually get out a dry whiteboard and I'll just kick it off by saying, right, let's name some drugs um, and I'll just to test their knowledge, see where they're at. The, the usual cocaine, heroin, all the different drugs. Then you'll get the old one, like M, MDMA. Well, that's been around for a while. Or a few other ones that not just so well known and they will, they'll, they'll say them and right away you'll be able to pick up these young people actually know what they are speaking about and uh, there's all sorts of drugs that are out there that absolutely unreal when it comes to addiction addiction can affect a person not just a person by the way but a family a person in so many different ways, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, legally, socially, every aspect of their life. Now, the reality is this, that whenever the person ends up in addiction, it's very, very difficult for them to break free from it. So oftentimes, I'm dealing with families and they're trying to given all that they can to basically say, now you shouldn't be taking drugs, you don't love your mum, you don't do and they're basically thinking, well, if I give them a good talking to and a good telling off, then they'll stop using drugs. If only it was that simple. It's not like flicking a light switch. It's not like turning a tap off. Even if you wanted to stop, there are physical, psychological aspects to it. So even when somebody stops using a drug, 
depending on what that drug is, there may be a physical side to it where they, can't, they physically become ill trying to come off the drug, or psychologically, their mind's affected. What a wonderful privilege to go into the classroom and be able to speak to boys and girls, the young people, and of course there's all sorts of reasons why they shouldn't use drugs, because of course drugs can kill, and there's a whole social aspect, the legal aspect, all those things. But here's the most important thing. The body just isn't designed, created, made for it. God made man to know him. There's a wonderful purpose to life. You'll see, therefore, that the whole subject, it's a springboard, it's a means to an end. It's a great opportunity to present the gospel and the whole purpose to life. Young person, to say to them, have you ever thought about why you're here, why you breathe? Why you have life? What's the purpose to life? Sadly, when I was in my teens, I was looking for life, but looking in the wrong place. And there are a lot of young people very like that. Now, the Reverend McKee from Macrofelt, myself, were uh, going to be working on producing some materials for uh, schools, especially for primary schools. Um, we're going to be coming up with a, with a program, a presentation. And it's going to be really based upon the very reality that the body is special, God created it, he made it, how wonderful it is, and it just isn't designed and made for substances. It's not made for drugs. God made us to know him. Young people, whilst it's important that they know some things about substances, the main thing they really need to know is about the Lord and about the gospel. And you could pray for us, please, as we put the whole presentation together, the program together, and as it will seek to roll it out into the schools, it will certainly get an acceptance. As I mentioned, massive changes drug-wise right across our province, worldwide, you name it. Drugs are on the increase. Let me put it in, a, in, in very simple layman's terms. Whenever you have a seizure of millions of pounds of a drug, a substance, and it doesn't really affect the drugs market, in other words, there's still drugs available. That tells you where we're at. You know, years ago, if the police had got a big seizure, there was what we would have called a drought. And there was basically a shortage of certain substances. Now, very rare to get a drought. There are just so many substances that are out there, it is incredible. Just to mention a few. And please, don't be thinking, oh, I took out their medication, that's... No, we're not talking about someone who uses the medication as prescribed by a doctor. Um, we're talking about somebody who can take a handful of tablets, start and talk to you, who, for instance, will take maybe... You see the, the blue uh, diazepam 10 milligram? We're not talking about someone who will take one tablet. I had a lad one time who uh, oftentimes when you're working with folk, I like to get them away from their drug environment. Now there are times when I go to houses and sit in with them, etc. But generally I like to get them out, take them for coffee, do take them out of the, 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 their normal world, bring them out somewhere, spend some time with them. There's no distractions. You don't know who's going to come in through the door. Etc. So just get them out, spend some time with them. This lad had taken some medication. Well, it wasn't medication. He'd taken uh, tablets, street tablets. 
And I said to him, I said, have you taken something? He said, oh, you know me, I needed something to help to boost my confidence. So cut a long story short, he overdosed in the back of my car. 10 milligrams of diazepam, he had taken 100 of them. He also had taken 14 Lyrica uh, pregabalin tablets and almost died. And one of the challenges is folks will take drugs, but there's a delayed effect. Usually around about half an hour with a lot of them. And therefore, um, there's issues like that. Most of the folks that we work with are poly, poly drug users. So they use more than one substance. Rarely get somebody now who just uses one substance. They, they all use multiple substances. And cocaine is still a really big problem right across our country. Uh, I get parents who will ask me different questions. For instance, one of them... Uh, recently was, my son's been asking in a text message for P, just the letter P, what's P? I goes, cocaine, what? Pure, it's, it's, that's, that's its nickname, P. Um, 100 pound a gram, it can be turned into crack cocaine, can be used uh, in Belfast in particular, there's a really big problem with um, IV and ravenous use of cocaine. It's not unique injecting cocaine, but it's not that common, but Belfast has nearly an epidemic level of it. It's incredible. And with that comes all sorts of issues with regarding to skin problems, ulcers, and all those things that go with it. Sadly, drugs and death are intertwined. Over the years, it's been a sad reality that many of the folks that we work with have passed away and died young. And there's one thing that you really learn to lean on, and that's the sovereignty of God. That God is sovereign. That as for God, his way is perfect. That he is above all. Drug deaths in Northern Ireland have, have seen a massive increase, a very sharp rise. And that, of course, uh, is challenging itself. They've got what are called nitazines. I'm not going to go into all these different drugs. I'm just, I'm just mentioning them. Uh, but they, nitazines in particular are extremely strong. Uh, there's plenty of them around Belfast. You're talking 500 times the strength of morphine. If you've, ever if you've ever had morphine for maybe a broken arm, leg, or some illness, pain, 500 times the amount, you, you can imagine, it, you're talking the size of a grain of sand. It's, it's a tiny amount, and it's very, very powerful. And they're in all sorts of different tablets, mixed with them, cut and mixed. Uh, since, I'm not, I'm not going to turn this into a drugs awareness meeting, because I could talk about all the different effects of different drugs. I'm not, I'm not going to do that other than to say that the, the problem with them is absolutely incredible. Problems with drugs over in England that are unique to some of the areas. Of course, when we think of our own province, we're not exempt from these things. We can't think, oh, well, you know what? The problem with uh, a substance, that'll never happen here. We haven't got the community for it. That'll never happen in our area. Massive problem with a drug in America. It's spreading like wildfire. It's with a drug called Trank, xylazine. 
I said to uh, a vet in our church, I said, do you know anything about xylazine? And she said, I have it in the car. I said, what do you use it for? Oh, you use that for knocking out big animals. Maybe like a, a large cow or a bull to put it to sleep. Anesthetic. I said, how do you think it would fare if somebody injected that? Because that's exactly what's happening. And it's all about how the devil uses substances, how he uses things. Why? To bring people into the snare. To bring them into that snare. Why? To destroy them. The God of this world, the devil, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He has come to blind the mind. Why? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whose image of God should shine unto them. And drugs work in the area of the mind. They're a very powerful tool. And sadly, a lot of times when we're dealing with folks, they are in a terrible state. People need hope. You know, when you think about the whole drugs problem, the epidemic that there is, and what's going on, you would think to yourself, that's very depressing, it's very down and difficult and challenging. And yes, it is. But we have to focus upon what God does and is doing and is able to do. People need hope. I was with a young lad today. You know what he said to me? Thank you for giving me hope. Thank you for giving me hope. People need hope. People need to hear that real change is possible. That it really is. It's not just a fairy tale or a feel-good factor. The gospel is real, transforms lives, radically transforms people. Thank you for remembering New Hope in your prayers. Please do continue to pray for Leighton, all of the staff, and all of the residents. We do appreciate that. And I haven't been down just recently. I haven't had the time to go down. Do speak to Leighton still quite a bit. Uh, we are going to meet up for some outreach, both in Northern Ireland and also in the Republic, and uh, we'll be working together on some outreach plans. But thank you for remembering that work and supporting it. And the reality is this. A program, no matter how good, cannot, will not change anybody. What it does is it, it, it introduces them to the one who is able to make them free. By the way, we talk about being people being set free, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Being set free. But the gospel makes people free. And that deals with the heart. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Putting, giving a very simple illustration, uh, if you think of someone who, for instance, in the, in the Wild West was, they wanted pictures put up and then they were, the posse went out, rounded them up, got them, brought them to the jail, or they're in the prison. And their friends get the dynamite, blast them out, set them, set them free. The reality is this, they're still a wanted man. They're still on the wanted list. They may be set free, but they're still wanted. The gospel makes people free. Oh, praise God tonight for the real transformation that takes place within the heart. The new desires, the new delights, the new desire to follow God, to live for God. No longer under the condemnation of the law 
made free through Christ. What a joy it is to be able to present that gospel. Now, I carry out the assessments for New Hope, and that involves uh, filling in the assessment form, the application, five-page document and going through. Generally, when I'm speaking to someone, I can tell, you can sort of gauge where they're at. And we look at various aspects, you know, what do they have any up-and-coming pending charges, court appearances, do they have, what sort of offences do they have, what, what are the nature of those offences, uh, what medication are they taking, uh, are, are they prescribed, or, and all those self-harm and injury, and all those sorts of, or, sorts of things. And then we look at drug use, just to give you an idea, some of the folk that we work with. One lattice, he rang me, well, I had to ring him actually, and I said, I've been given your number, believe you want to go to New Hope, uh, you would like to do an assessment and go into the program? He said, I would. I said, what's, what's your, the problem you're dealing with? What's the substance? Oh, it's alcohol. I said, you don't take drugs? No, I don't use drugs. Are you sure? Oh, absolutely. It's just alcohol. I said, okay. Tell you what I'll do. I'll meet you because I have to go through the form and I like to do a face-to-face. So, met the, met the lad. We sat down on the form. So it just asks a few questions. Here's the drug part. You don't take drugs, so this will be quick. So you don't smoke cannabis? Not really. I said, what's not really? Uh, I could just, maybe 50 pound a week. Not that much. I goes, I'll write it down. What about benzos, diazepam, things like that there? Not really. What's not really? I can only take, only take 200 yalas a fortnight. That's 205 milligrams a fortnight. By the way, he didn't think that that was anything worth mentioning. Cocaine, ah, no, once again, heroin, suppose you don't, um, I overdosed on it last week. I said to my guy who only has a drink problem, you filled in every section. That's very commonplace. You see, whenever the devil gets a person and he takes them down that line, he wants to get them into that snare and he wants to crush them. He wants to destroy them. There's no escape for them, humanly speaking. Oh, but praise God tonight for the one who breaks the power of cancel sin. He smashes the chains, the fetters that bind. What a wonderful Savior. And we've been involved in outreach in the city center in Dublin. I haven't time to go into all the ins and outs of the outreach, but going down there and working on the streets and speaking to individuals, some that my wife and myself do in Belfast quite a bit now. Some of the lads here, Aidan on the right, is one of the staff members in the home giving a certificate to Rory. And still doing the, the drugs awareness meetings going throughout the country. Why? It's a, it's a means to an end. It's an opportunity to present the gospel. And already you're probably saying, well, working with families, working with individuals, going into schools, then going into prison for doing hospital visits, doing drugs awareness meetings, working on literature, doing all those things, you soon find that when you put it all together, it's quite a bit. The reality is, we need God to raise up others. It's a real burden of heart to me. Pray that the Lord will raise up others to serve in this ministry. Men and women who will persevere in the work and stick with folk. I'm working on the third booklet now in our 
are the Teaching the Truth series and the one on the online dangers. Pray that the Lord would help us as we get the opportunities to serve him, to further the gospel. Linda and myself, we want to really thank you for your prayers, your support, all that you have and you do for us. Sometimes very challenging uh, problems that we're dealing with. Maybe out very late at night, having to decide what to do in a particular thing, circumstance. Too late to ring anybody. <laughs> and you just lift your heart to the Lord in prayer. But then you know people pray. Thank you for laboring with us. We've had the joy of seeing people saved and going on with the Lord. I'm going to mention some after, a little bit later on as we come to prayer. But I trust that the Lord will bless you in return for your kindness to us, supporting us. We long for the breath of God. The reality is very simple. We cannot, cannot change these people. They need the Lord to save them and the Lord to change them. Praise God, he is able to do it. And all we long for is that people will testify. The God of heaven, he has saved and changed me. Oh, may that be our experience. So thank you for remembering us in prayer. We want to have another hymn, I believe. O breath of life, come sweeping through us, revive thy church with life and power. And after we have the introduction, we'll stand together. You're singing very well. Of course, you always sing very well in, in Balamone, but we trust indeed that the Lord will bless us as we lift our voices to him and singing, please.
Philip, do you want to do these? Is there a request? Thank you very much, Gloria. Can we thank Chris for sharing with us the work that he's involved in? I suppose it was a few years ago that I took Chris uh, to a place here in the province. He was going to see some of those folks that he works amongst, and it was in the dark of night. Very, very airy experience. The lights were out, and there were folks that were walking about, and Chris said, if you just stay in the car, he said, and I'll be, I'll be back with you in a short while. And so he got out the car, and I locked the car, and there were people walking about. Very, very scary place. And I suppose he was away for the best part of 40 minutes. I never seen him coming back, but all of a sudden, this face looked through the window, and I never had a baby. I was thinking about it even earlier on. My heart still misses a beat when I think uh, what was happening that night. And he went in to meet with these folks and he said, it's best if you just stay here. One other thing, and I've used this a few times uh, before. Uh, we've often been in the presence of people and some people are so flippant. They say, it's their own fault. These addicts have no sympathy for them. I remember sharing that with Chris many years ago uh, and he said, you know, it's like this. If you take a piece of cotton and you just put it round your fingers, he said, you can break the cotton. He said, you put it round a few more times and it's a little bit difficult to break. He said, but you keep putting the cotton round the finger and now the cotton has hold of you. It's in control. And I don't know how many times I've used that with folks that I've spoken to who seem to have little or no sympathy for those who are addicted to drugs. I want to thank you, Chris, for sharing that with us, and our brother's just going to share a few other prayer requests in a few moments. Please remember those that are on our prayer list. The list seems to grow week by week, but please pray that the Lord might be pleased to move and to, to bless and to raise each one to a full measure of health and of strength. Of course, we're praying this evening for missionary work and for revival. This is the, the evening where we focus upon mission work and revival. And then there's a, a prayer request that has come in from India. Of late, there's been an increase in the incidence of church raids by antisocial elements in Chasagara, is that? It's in India anyway. The congregations were threatened to discontinue their prayer meetings. Pastors are being accosted and brutally beaten. And the request comes, please pray for the Lord's people. Remember also our brother Erwin and Stephen who are away in Kenya. They travel home on Saturday of this week in the will of the Lord. And then our sister Kirsty Wallace, she has returned to her studies with Crown College. Please remember our sister Kirsty as she labours for the Lord in England. Prayer request has also come through for the Boyd family. Mrs. Boyd, the mother of the Reverend Lyle Boyd, sadly 
passed away yesterday and the funeral service will be in Kilkeel tomorrow. And then please do remember the war that still is taking place in the Far East, in Israel. Pray that God might be pleased to, to bring that war to an end and that God might preserve and bless his people. It's coming up to the two-year stage in the not-too-distant future where the war began in Ukraine. And so please pray for those who are in Ukraine that again the Lord might give the victory and that peace and stability might return to that needy land. We want to say goodnight to those who have been tuning in on Sermon Audio, Facebook and on YouTube. We bid you farewell in the Lord's great name as we go now to our season of prayer. Just before I...